Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast, episode number 18, with the podcast queen herself, Nikki Butler of Nikki Butler Media. We're talking about what you might need to keep in mind when starting a podcast of your own, as well as our hot takes on cancel culture and how to really make the most impact based on audio as a medium. I hope you enjoy this episode and don't forget to connect with Nikki at NikkiButlerMedia.com. Kiss my aesthetic, branding, marketing, entrepreneurship. You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, brand designer, creative, and social media junkie, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co. And I'm here to share strategies, hacks, and know-how on branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship for the online-minded small business owner. In this podcast, I'll be sharing interviews, solo episodes, and even more to help you up-level your brand by turning your visions into visuals and connecting with your ideal audience online. Let's get to today's episode. Hello, everybody. We are back in Kids My Aesthetic. It is a Design Live kind of Friday. And I've got Nikki Butler of Nikki Butler Media. We're talking about podcasting. And you're truly the expert here because not only do you have your own podcast, but you help manage podcasts, teach people about podcasting, and you're a podcast junkie like me. So for anyone who doesn't know you beyond that very basic intro, please tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and who you help. Yeah. So um, I'm Nikki Butler. I am the founder of Nikki Butler Media, and we help podcasters and business owners um, launch podcasts, manage their current podcasts. And then for the business owner piece of it, we can actually pitch you to be on podcasts. So there's a lot of different things that we do in terms of booking the guests, booking the podcast for you to be on. Um, We do audio editing. We prep you for your interviews and give you talking points. We prep you for your guests and do like brief outlines. And uh, we just basically consult on the whole process. And if you're just starting a podcast, we can help you kind of, you know, figure out what your focus is going to be, who your audience is, what the title is, um, put you in touch with graphic designers like Michelle to do your artwork, stuff like that. So we perfect do everything. (laughs) Do you do everything, everything relating to podcasts. I am a podcast lover myself. I've got my own podcast, obviously, as most people are probably listening to it from the podcast. Um, But something to think about, podcasts are definitely having like a moment right? So we saw this huge rise in podcasts. It felt like everyone and their mom and their mom's dog was like making their own podcast. But statistically, we learned recently that podcasts tend to fall off after about the 10th or 11th episode, because Mm -hmm. the host is either overwhelmed or what do you think? What's the reason why you think most podcasts kind of kick the can? Oh my gosh, you guys, it's a lot of work. (laughs) Like, it's a lot of work, not only just with like, all of the different logistics and the moving parts underneath of that with, you know, booking and researching your guests and scheduling and just prepping for, for the interview itself. Um, But it can be exhausting. Like it takes a lot of time. And if you're not going to hire someone to help you with it, it really, really will eat up a lot of your time because you have to edit You've got to submit to all of the platforms and then you've got to build it up. Like there's no point in having a podcast if you're not going to market it and utilize your audience to become engaged with it and all that. So I think people just kind of underestimate the workload that it is. 
And I think that that's why they fall off. But, you know, there's a lot of creative bones too, that you have to tap into to keep it fresh and um, keep people coming back. Totally. Um, I think exactly what you're saying. There's a lot of work that's involved. So hiring someone like Nikki, hugely helpful. I'm working with Berta. She's been great at making sure that everything runs smoothly and is uploaded on a regular basis. Cause I think where a lot of brands and small business owners struggle, not only in podcasting, but in business is consistency. So how do you recommend that people come up with any kind of like episode structure, content structure? What are your recommendations for someone that's just jumping into podcasting? Yeah. So, I mean, just getting organized, um, creating a solid workflow is very important um, because if you miss a week, it's going to turn your audience off and they're going to be like, okay, you're unreliable. I mean, it's the same thing with influencers too. The reason Mm -hmm. that, you know, these successful ones are so big is because they're consistently putting out content. And I really think that that's the only thing that can almost compete with the content itself, right? The quality. um, The content. Exactly. So the consistency and then the quality are very important. And sorry, what was the question again? I feel like I'm getting off on a tangent now. (laughs) No, you're totally fine. You're totally fine. It was just the, what are your recommendations for frequency of episodes or coming up with a content schedule? Yeah. Weekly, twice a week. Some people do every day, which is way too much work in my opinion. That's a lot. I mean, I think those people are really just doing the podcast and that's it. Um, so really there's no rules to it. It's just whatever works with your schedule. If you want to release them bi-weekly, weekly, monthly, just pick one and stick to it. I think that that's the most important thing because podcasting, as I mentioned on the IG live earlier, is just all about your audience and it's a selfless platform where you are bringing value to your audience because it's, it's just all for them. It's not about you. It's not about you trying to get famous and like have a podcast show, all that. So you just always want to keep that in mind and um, just create quality content and a quality show. And, you know, from our level morning mind feel, I think one of the important takeaways from that is to spend at least 12 months focusing Mm. on the show. Don't worry about spending or trying to get sponsors in that time because you really, really, really need to create a quality, quality show that people are going to crave listening to every single week. And with that, the sponsors will come, you know. Totally. I think you bring up a really good point. There's, I talk to clients too that are like, oh, I want to, uh," I had a guy that I, a friend that I used to travel with that said, oh, I want to start and monetize a YouTube channel. And I was like, wait a second. (laughs) I was like, I don't think that's how it works. I know. It's funny too, because I think, you know, on the influencer side, they get so much flack because everyone's like, oh, your job is so easy. You just document your life. Like how dumb. And it's like, no, it's a business and it takes a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And the unique thing about being in the influencer business or class business is you really have to be about it and want to do it because you're spending at least minimum a year of your time doing it for free. Completely. And there's so much value in doing it for free. You really kind of learn from the ground up. And for me, the podcast from my side is really just an adjunct to everything else that I've got going on. If I can make money from it, great, but it's by no means my primary business, right? It's more of like 
I think the big advantage to having a podcast as a business owner also is it becomes kind of a library of your knowledge, like mm -hmm. as you're growing through your business and a great way to kind of chronicle or refer clients back to things that you've said or done. But then again, that can also come back to bite you in the ass as we've yes. seen a lot <laughs> in popular culture. So let's talk about that a little bit because we know that once things are on the internet, they're on the internet forever. And there are some podcasters that have said some not so savory things on podcasts and yes. it's come back and had a really negative impact on their business, on their PR, et cetera. What is your hot take on cancel culture, especially in the podcast community? And where do you think like everything's headed? Yeah. So I'll just kind of preface this answer with I coming from a PR background, I did dabble in crisis and reputation management. And, you know, I always just remember feeling like, why aren't they just telling the truth? Like, why aren't mm. my clients just telling the truth? I just want them to own up to it. And I just didn't have the balls to like say that to them back then. So I just kind of went with it, but it bugged the crap out of me. And I, I'm the kind of person who is, I think that we should be forgiving of people, especially in the podcast world, because it is so on the fly. You really aren't pr that prepped at all. It's just a conversation. So you're definitely prone to saying things that you maybe wouldn't say in like a prepped public speech sure. or something. So I personally think cancel culture, I'm not like totally for it. I think certain people just need to be held accountable for what they say and then, you know, own it and rectify the situation by addressing actions that they're going to take or, and then, you know, tap into their audience and say, I made a mistake. What do you think I can do better in the future? And just be genuine and sincere about it. So I think like the people who aren't genuine and sincere about the mistakes that they've made or the things that they've said, maybe that's like an anomaly kind of situation. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but overall, that's kind of like my thought on cancel culture. No, I'm with you completely. I think that there's room, of course, like without saying or doing something absolutely outrageous or damaging, like it's okay to have a difference of opinion. In fact, that's why a lot of people do listen to podcasts because they kind of yeah. get a side of that person that's like maybe more crude or off the cuff or relaxed because it's kind of stripped back of everything else that's kind of on the facade, right? So yeah. I've even recorded solo episodes where I said about defining your brand identity. And I said, oh yeah, if you shoot me an email, I'll send you my brand questionnaire. And then I was like, why did I do that? Yeah. <laughs> but now yeah. it's out there. And now somebody who's discovering my podcast for the first time, maybe they're going back to the, I only have 11 episodes up at this point, but they're going back and they're like, oh, can you send me that thing? And I was like, oh shoot. Why, did I, why didn't I set that up as like a URL somewhere? Like I just made my life so much harder. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> Um, I mean, I agree with you. Like I, we're all human and podcasting is such a great platform because it is, like you said, stripped back. It's more raw. It's real. It's authentic. And people love that about it. So we're all just human. Like, let's be a little totally. bit more forgiving and um, give people the op opportunity to rectify what wrongdoing or wrong saying they might have done. Completely. I'm with you on that. And also noticing, again, to circle back to the top, like how much work it really is to produce a podcast and then not only produce it, but promote it because that's yes. the next can of worms. It's like you put it out there, but then people have to know about it. So what oh, are your yeah. suggestions for effectively marketing a podcast, especially if you're just starting out? So 
I think like the, there's so many different ways that you can do it, uh, but a no brainer is to just already tap into your social media channels. So whether you have 500,000 followers or five followers, Mm -hmm. you know, let them know about it, ask them to listen to it, rate, review, and subscribe to it. And then ask your family and friends, you know, go to them Mm -hmm. next and do that. Have them listen to it again, rate, review, and subscribe. Apple really ranks podcasts on your ratings and subscriptions and your reviews. So those are very, very important things that you'll want to focus on when you are launching a podcast. And kind of on the note of tapping into your audience, if you have an email list, add it to your newsletter, let them know about it. Also create a Facebook group like Kiss My Aesthetic, Mm -hmm. start developing that community. Uh, For you, it was probably, you know, you had a leg up on a lot of other podcasts because you already have this super established community of like over 2000 people. So that's huge. And if you're doing interview style podcasts, bring guests on and leverage their audiences. This is such a good way to grow your podcast. And if they have a podcast, do a podcast swap. See if they'll let you go on theirs and then their audience will get to know you a little bit more, might be curious about you and then go to your podcast. Yeah, I've definitely worked this out. And actually, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Um, The design live, this whole origin of this really actually started with Instagram live. So back when you could have Instagram live with a guest was when I did my first like design live interviews. And weirdly enough, it's because I was suggesting a friend of mine to do the same for his interest area. He's like, I really want to work in this industry, but I don't even know how to get started. I was like, you should just start interviewing people and putting it on social media. And like, you don't even have to have an end goal, but just you might even get some insights into this industry by just talking to people. And I was like, shoot, I need to do this. And so I wanted to reach out to other designers that I admired. So that's how it started as Design Live, as like, it was really just an excuse to reach out to people who otherwise would be my total competitor and like have a friendly conversation about design and and aesthetics and everything like that. So also I think that your podcast might be right under your nose. Maybe you can tell us an example of a client you've worked with that like had, wasn't so sure about their podcast idea and then it just kind of clicked for them. Do you have one of those offhand? I don't know, I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, no, I I think I do. So uh, one of my clients is a hairstylist uh, here in Arizona. She has her own salon and she's just built up this insane book of clientele and she's very well known out here and has a large focus on education. And she told me that she was talking to a client once who was sitting in her chair and her client, her and her client were sharing a conversation about like her being in the beauty industry, but beauty to her is so much more than just doing someone's hair and, and all mm-hmm. that. It's, it's making them feel good, making them walk out that door with a lot of confidence to take on that job interview they have tomorrow or to start their business or whatever it might be. And so she didn't know what the platform was going to be for it, but she knew she wanted to talk to people about what their definition of beauty was. And so she, yeah, so she actually launched her podcast last week and she had no idea it was going to be a podcast, but I've worked with her in other capacities before and in just conversations I've had with her, it suddenly clicked and she was like, it's a podcast. That's what I need to do. It needs to be a podcast. And so now she's interviewing not just beauty industry professionals, but interior designers, uh, retail shop owners, really anybody who can just talk about their definition of beauty 
outside of their aesthetically pleasing career. Yes, I'm so into that idea. And I think that even being in the salon chair is kind of like your own therapy session, right? Exactly. And it could be kind of a la armchair expert, which I know is one yeah. of your favorites and one of my I favorites. I do absolutely love, love just because it's it kind of puts you in the room and gives you the context of like what it's like to have these kinds of conversations. Completely. Um, speaking of sourcing guests, what are your tips and best practices for not only sourcing guests, but sourcing brand partnerships? Should your podcast grow to kind of that level? Yeah. So after you've figured out your audience, your brand, your voice, your tone, all of that stuff, you can really identify your guests or potential sponsors a lot easier. They definitely have to align with you, with your brand, your aesthetic, your voice. Everything just has to make sense and it has to flow because if you step outside of that even a little bit, your audience is going to notice. It's very, it becomes very transparent to them. So it's really important to just stay aligned with your brand when you're looking for guests or potential sponsors. Also, in terms of guests, like someone that you just mesh with and can have a really authentic, raw conversation with. If you don't really mesh with them, it's, gonna again, going to show through and it'll be obvious and apparent to your audience. But one tip, <laughs> it's kind of a tip, I guess, but to find guests that you don't know... Um, just fall down a ton of Instagram mm -hmm. rabbit holes, you know, look for people that you are drawn to and attracted to dig through their comments, who they're following that kind of thing. And just spend like, it sounds so bad because I shouldn't be promoting Stop like, Instagram, like taking over your life. But yeah, stalk them, spend like two hours falling down these rabbit holes and you will find some gems. Totally. So I'll, that's what my clients essentially will hire me for too, is to do the rabbit hole falling for them. Well, and the same thing goes to working with brands, right? Like you don't want to pitch a brand to work with them if you're not even following them on social. Like you yes. have to be interacting and you have to be kind of proving that you are interested in like a more longer term relationship with whatever that company yeah. is so that you actually have good, a good soapbox to stand on when you're pitching them. For sure. I think that's that gets really overlooked. Yeah. And in terms of sponsors, like walk around your house and look at certain products that you're using and loving mm -hmm. and find their contact information and reach out to them. And or if it's someone who reaches out to you and you've never used their product, make sure that you test it out first. Mm. I actually just had an experience with this where um, a hand sanitizer company reached out to me and I'd never used them before, never even heard of them. I was confused, but a little intrigued because some of their selling points were positive for me. So I tested it out first. And then from there, it led to a larger paid sponsorship. But I feel good about it because right. I've tested the product out. I know that I love it. And I know that I won't use any other hand sanitizer besides this one. And it's, that's the integrity piece that I think a lot of people come to expect out of the people that they like know and like, right? Like I'm yeah. only going to support projects and affiliate links and programs that either I know are high quality or I've used myself. Um, that's just kind of my own, it's a reflection of my brand as well. But I think you bring up a good point here too, which I've had to do recently is kind of the power of saying no, when somebody does pitch you something and it's not a good fit for whatever reason, or mm -hmm. they want to come on your podcast and they just kind of give you the heebie-jeebies and you're like, oh, yeah. uh, uh. how do you gracefully but respectfully say no without lying? 
because yeah. I don't know if this is a, a West Coast thing or what, but people on the West Coast will be like, oh yeah, sure, of course, when they really mean no. I totally and I wish they would say no, <laughs> right? I think East Coasters are so much more honest. And personally, I wish I had that too. But I like that more blunt honesty. But I've done this so much and, and it does hurt to say no because you know that they're great and what they're doing is great, but it's just not a fit. And I think that saying just that is just fine. Like mm-hmm. just say, you know, I'm not sure that this is a, the right fit for my audience but I really appreciate your interest in wanting to be a guest on my podcast or whatever the situation might be. For me, that's like nutrition supplements. Like when an account slides into my DMs on Instagram and they say, will you promote this shake or these nutrition supplements? And I say, when on my feed have I ever posted anything about fitness? I like fitness. I do fitness on my own. It just has nothing to do with my brand. Exactly. So why would you think I would be a good fit for that? You know, and I kind of put it back on them too sometimes where it's like, I'm really curious how you ended up here because that's that's not my niche whatsoever. Exactly. So people can see right through that. You saw Mm -hmm. right through that. They didn't research you. They didn't really take a look at what you were putting out there. They probably just looked at your follower count, maybe one post and the engagement rate of that post, but they didn't really look into you. And that's also something important to note when you are pitching brands is to make sure that you focus on letting them know why you're a fit for their audience. Mm -hmm. And then also too, um, including like a few stats in there, but really understanding their audience and why you would be a fit for them. That will stand out to them in an email over any other copy and paste emails that they receive. I'm with you on that completely. With 10 minutes left, how did that go by so quickly? Uh, Tell us a little bit about your brand and what you offer. We just wrapped up your brand design not too long ago and it looks fabulous. I love it. And I know you've got a website launching soon too. So tell us about what's coming with Nikki Butler Media. The website is up. However, it's from my doing. So it's not like uh, amazing or anything. But yes, so you did the branding for Nikki Butler Media, which really I wanted to evoke this lifestyle, like leisurely lifestyle feeling. So even though we're all working and busy being parents and drowning in our realities, there's always like a little sliver of time where you just kind of escape, Mm -hmm. whether you're watching Selling Sunset on Netflix or going to the beach or grocery shopping, whatever it might Mm be. I wanted to really tap into that with my branding, with my audience, I guess. I'm kind of like fumbling my words, but you know what I mean? Totally. So, and that's what I love about podcasting is you can do it anywhere. And while you're doing things, it's probably the only medium you can really utilize and multitask at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to tap into that side of my clients and potential clients and their audiences lives. So I think you captured that beautifully. It's just kind of like natural light colors. And it has kind of I'm, this effortless cool to it. Yeah. Where it's still put together. It's still professional. It's still um, polished, but it kind of makes it feel it's polished, but relaxed. I think that you gave this great visual of someone that's wearing like jeans and a white button down or a white t-shirt with heels. Like yeah. that was the the energy. And I was like, oh, yep, I can run with that. I know where to go with that. Yeah. And I love that contrast too. Like that leisurely look, but you know, you're still like a badass. Yes. Bitch. Yes. And so, um, yeah, that you definitely captured it. 
Amazing. Amazing. Well, everybody can follow you at the Nikki Butler, correct? Correct. And uh, you have a special offer for anybody that's listening. Yeah. So if you guys want a free 30 minute consultation call to talk about equipment recommendations or your idea for a podcast, whatever it might be, I am offering a free 30 minute consultation call. So you can actually schedule that through my website at NikkiButlerMedia.com. Perfect. And we'll link that in the show notes for the podcast. And I'll also drop the link in the Facebook group on this video. So make sure you check that out. Nikki, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure. And everybody else, catch you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. For more information, please visit mkwcreative.co slash kmapod or follow along on every social media channel at mkwcreative.co. Also, don't forget to join the Facebook group by the same name, Kiss My Aesthetic, and to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Catch you next time.